going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Kyle Soppy. It is our Week 3 Matchup Previews Podcast. Soppy, how are we doing here on this fine Friday morning? I'm doing good. I'm ready for an exciting Sunday. We've got a few big spreads out there. We've got a few potential blowouts, but those games are never like that. They're going to be some good games. We got a stinker on Thursday night, so I'm ready for some good action. We got another Monday night doubleheader. I kind of liked how that went last week, so let's get into it. Let's get week three rolling. All right. I really didn't want to talk through the Thursday night football matchup with the Giants and 49ers, but I am legally obligated to do so. Uh, So let's go ahead and break down this game here. 49ers 30, Giants 12 on Thursday night football. Daniel Jones 22 for 32 through the air, 137 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. (laughs) Matt Breida, uh, hopefully you didn't play him uh, as he went four carries for 17 yards, but he got the touchdown. Uh, It doesn't really matter all that much. The one player that I did want to talk about here, the Giants did next to nothing on offense. We know this. The one player that I did want to talk about, though, on the Giants is Darren Waller. Darren Waller was drafted as this guy that was expected to be the target hog. We saw in the preseason game that he was going to just be vacuuming in all these targets. Three receptions for 20 yards last night. Are we beginning to panic on Darren Waller? Panic's kind of relative here. He plays tight end, so he can only fall like outside, what, top seven, eight. He's going to be a starter no matter where you put him. This isn't a situation where he can really fall outside the top 10 for me. If you want to move him off of the, I mean, George Kittle looked good last night. So if you want to move him below that tier, I understand. And he's definitely not tier one. So if he's tier three now, I get it. But I, I don't know if there's an actionable here. You're not trading him because the stock's low right now, but you're not benching him because the tight end position's terrible. So I think you're kind of stuck here, but I do think t- better times are ahead. We saw Wando Robinson, all the slot receivers in New York get involved last night to a degree, but Hodgins wasn't involved. Like there's going to be weeks like that just because there isn't a lot of volume in this passing attack. And there's like six miles that need to be fed to some degree. It happens. San Fran's going to make a lot of people look bad. So I'm not looking too far into it. 15 targets over the last two games here for Darren Waller. And then the next two matchups, Seattle and Miami, are two games where we could see Darren Waller have bounce backs mm-hmm. performances there. Let's go to the 49ers side of things here. No Brandon Ayuk. Christian McCaffrey does what Christian McCaffrey does. 18 carries, 85 yards, a touchdown, adds on five receptions for 34 yards through the air. Debo Samuel, six receptions, 129 yards, and a touchdown. They were going to feed him instantly. That was the game plan in this one mm-hmm. was feed Debo Samuel. George Kittle has a nice bounce back performance here. Seven receptions. For 90 yards, no touchdown. Any takeaways here from the 49ers? Brock Purdy, 310 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Is there anything to take away here, or is this just the 49ers are good? It's it's what the 49ers are. It's live and die by McCaffrey. I'm still a little worried about Debo. Like, we're, I don't think we're getting this on a weekly basis when Ayuk's back. Six catches, but 12 targets. The 12 targets is nice, but I've yet to see that connection with Purdy at a high level. So the efficiency scares me a little bit. And only one carry, that's kind of where Debo can elevate his floor. So a little concern there. George Kittle, like you said, nice day. Seven out of nine. That means the high efficiency. That means Purdy's going to him. Nice run after catch. We know they like to use him as a blocker, but I do still think when Ayuk was scratched, I put Waller, or I shifted Waller behind Kittle. This week, and I think that's about where Kittle's going to live. He's not going to push Andrews, Hawkinson, Kelsey at the top of the position. But he's kind of the next tier. He's fine. He's going to have down weeks just like everybody in this 49ers offense. But no, I mean, this is this is status quo. San Fran's going to score 25 to 30 points on a weekly basis. And it's come from a variety of options and CMC. 
Well, we talked about on the, I believe that was the Trade Targets podcast, talking about if George Kittle does have a decent performance, yeah. this is someone that you move off of. That could be something here. Go over to the free trade analyzer that we have over here at pfnfantasy.com. Enter in some trade offers there for George Kittle. Potentially move him off, see what you can uh, move off of him, see what you can get in your league. Let's move on to everyone's favorite segment of the week. Player props of the week presented by Superdraft. The NFL keeps rolling and Superdraft has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for PFN listeners. But wait, there is more. Sign up now and score an instant $20 deposit bonus on deposits of $20 or more when you use the promo code PFN. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to smash a winning player prop entry. Claim your free play and bonus today. Let's move into this one here. Let's go over under for these Zay Flowers, 48 and a half receiving yards versus the Indianapolis Colts. Give me the over here. We've seen the rookie do just about everything from screen passes, those little bubble things to a deep bomb last week. I've been very impressed with what he's shown and haven't been impressed with any of the other Raven receivers. Mark Andrews, obviously a target hog in that offense, but I do think with the Todd Munkin system, Lamar Jackson getting comfortable, there's enough to go around. Zay Flowers goes over this number, and I think he does it pretty easily. All right, let's go to Tua Tungavailoa, 262 and a half passing yards versus the Denver Broncos. That's another over for me. I mean, they only ran 61 plays last week, and with Mostert dominating, you would think like, oh yeah, Tua is probably well under this number. Only 14 yards under this number in a tougher matchup, so I think he gets there. Patrick Sertan, obviously a, a defender to move around here, but if if he guards Tyreek, then you go to Waddle. If he guards Waddle, you go to Tyreek. Too many options here, too many pass attempts for Tua not to hit this number. All right, Hunter Henry, 31 and a half receiving yards versus the New York Jets. See, your guy, I wanted, I, I was crunching the numbers for this one. I'm like, how can I get an under? Like, I need to go under this number. 8.3 yards per target this season for his career, just under five targets per game. That puts him at 40 yards. I was hoping the number would be a little higher, so I'm going to go over, but I'm calling for 40. I'm not giving you your flowers and saying he's, he's going to be tight on two again. But yeah, sure, give me 40 yards. Hunter Henry cashes Kyle Yates' ticket. All right, we talked about Nico Collins on the Trade Targets podcast here. 52 and a half receiving yards at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Listen, I'm going over on all these guys. Maybe it's because I'm the fantasy guy and I like seeing points put up. But Stroud, third in pass attempts this year. Nico Collins, at least a 25-yard catch in both games this season. The volume's going to be there and the big play upside. To me, that's a formula for an over. Uh, final one here, Rashid Shahid, your guy going into this one. 41 yeah, and a half receiving yards at the Green Bay Packers. He's got a 40-yard catch in five of the last seven, and his number's 41 and a half, so that means, in theory, I need two catches. Give me the over on two catches, which means I'm going over across the board here, and that's just a fun way to play games. Who likes rooting for overs? I certainly do. So I'm taking the over on all of them. Shahid is, yeah, I'll call him my favorite of these five. All right, that was Player Props of the Week here presented by Superdraft. Remember, the Superdraft has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for PFN listeners. That is Justin Jefferson with a current line of 0.5 receiving yards here for over there too. three. Oh, yeah. Sign up now and score an instant $20 deposit bonus on deposits of $20 or more when you use the promo code PFN. Find the link to download the Superdraft app right here in your YouTube or podcast description. Let's get into game-by-game breakdowns here. All that we are going to be doing here is found in the Week 3 Cheat Sheet from Kyle Sapi. You can find that over at pfnfantasy.com. Analysis for every single player in every single game 
22,000 words here from the man, the myth, the legend, Kyle Sapi this week. Make sure to go over there and check that out. Additionally, jump into the PFN Fantasy Discord. You can find the link for that right here in your description. This is where we are going to be at Sunday morning, helping you out with your start sit uh, questions that you have. Maybe we get some injury news here later on today or into Saturday, early Sunday. You want to know what that means? PFN Fantasy Discord is where you need to be. Absolutely free to join. All right, I did want to tell the people, Again, uh, update on our uh, ATS records here as we move because we're making those picks for every single game. Did want to update the people here. I didn't intentionally do it in week one because I had an absolute stinker of a week. But here in week two, (laughs) last week, I went eight and six. You went four and ten. On the year, we are now 14 and 15 for myself and you are 12 and 17 on the year. So Sapi, you got some ground to make up. We are neck and neck oh, here. Okay. Let's get oh, yeah, into it here. Let's break down the Titans at the Cleveland Browns here. Browns minus three and a half for 39.5 over under. Ryan Tannehill had a decent performance last week. Not necessarily someone that is on the radar for one QB formats. Deshaun Watson. Is Deshaun Watson someone that we can trust in starting lineups here this week? I've got him at quarterback 13. I'm not thrilled about it. He looks lost right now. This is a pass funnel. So in theory, the situation would be good and no Nick Chubb. Like you would think that the pass game gets rolling a little bit here. And I do think it looks better than it has in weeks weeks past. 46 opportunities last week. If he can get that again this week, I think we're we're working with something here. But quarterback 13 for me, I don't know how you can feel super safe in starting him until he shows you something. My man looks lost throwing the football. Fourth in air yards this year, 24th in passing yards. That tells me he's taking shots, but having no idea where the ball's going. To me, outside... Outside my comfort zone, but if you wanted to float that way in DFS or in a deeper league, I'm okay with it. All right, Derek Henry missing practice here on Thursday as we go to the running back position. Uh, a lot of lot to talk about at the running back position here in this one. Derek Henry missing practice on Thursday. If Derek Henry cannot play, is Ty J Spears someone that you were looking at in your starting lineups as a top 24 play? No, I think so. I don't think so. I think he'd be behind Ford as far as this matchup goes, and I, I'd have him outside my top 30. I get that there's some intrigue there but I just don't trust the volume of this offense and if Derrick Henry's not there to move the sticks I don't trust Ryan Tannehill to do it so I'm not sure they'd be in scoring position all that often right now I kind of think Derrick Henry plays and if he plays you play him that's simple Tajay Spears if he starts still kind of outside my comfort range here all right let's go over to the other side of the ball here at the running back position obviously Nick Chubb done for the year there we wish him a very very speedy recovery as we look at Jerome Ford was someone that fantasy managers dropped a ton of fab on the waiver wire here this week for him. Kareem Hunt signs here in Cleveland as well. Is Jerome Ford someone that you are starting here this week or because of Hunt now being added to this backfield, we have a little bit more reservation. I'm not too worried about Hunt this week and we'll get into this with the Vikings too, but I do think Ford's an option. I've got him at running back 28, so I'm not overly confident, but I'm not completely punting on him. What we saw last week was him literally thrust into the Nick Chubb role because Nick Chubb got hurt in the middle of the game and that was what they had scripted. They had the Nick Chubb role in there and they had to put Ford in that position, which is which is a great position for fantasy. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he comes into week three with quite the same script against a great run defense. The way to beat Tennessee's through the air, not through the ground. I could see him flirting with 100 total yards. A touchdown is iffy for me. To me, he offers upside, but risk that we didn't see last week. So I've got him at running back 28. I think he's a viable flex play. I've got him at RB 25 on the week. So let me ask you a couple questions here. Jerome Ford or Rashad White going up against the Philadelphia Eagles? I go White. I just think the pass catching is a little bit more there, but I don't don't love White. I've got White at 24, so it's not like I have him 
leaps and bounds ahead. I feel like we know White's role. I'm not sold that we know exactly what Ford is doing yet. All right, final one here. Jerome Ford or Zach Moss up against the Baltimore Ravens? Give me Moss. Same same kind of argument. Not a great offense or anything, but it is right. a role. We know he's going to get the volume. If you told me he and Ford had the exact same touch count, I think I'd take Ford, but I, you can't tell me that right now. Uh, and Kareem Hunt, not someone that you are looking at starting here this week if you did pick him up off the waiver wire. Correct. I don't think he's a bad ad. I think it's an interesting stash, but I, you're looking at maybe the same role he's had for Cleveland in years past. It's just, what, like 10 to 12 touches? He's got to be ultra efficient in that. You need to see Deshaun Watson doing things before I think Kareem Hunt's even sniffing my top 30. I mean, that role for Kareem Hunt last year was three touches a game. Like, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that was not that was not a very profitable fantasy role there uh, for Kareem Hunt last year. Let's move into the wide receiver position here. DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, wide receivers for the Tennessee Titans. Are either of them in your starting lineup here this week? No, they're not. I mean, I was out on Hopkins coming into the year. I Until he shows me something, or Tannehill shows me something more importantly, I'm not buying it. 13 targets, and he's doing nothing with them. He's the Zach Ertz of the receiver position right now, and that's not a comparison you want to have. I don't trust the Titans to get into the end zone through the air, and that's kind of what he needs right now with all this empty calories as far as the volume goes. All right, if uh, DeAndre Hopkins cannot play because there is he was downgraded on Thursday, not necessarily a clear indication as to why right now. If he cannot play, is Traylon Burks someone that just based on volume you can get into your starting lineup? No, he'd still be outside my top 40. He would move up in the ranks, sure, but... It, you're just you're the volume isn't getting there with these guys like the high target share I don't want to say it's Drake London but it's kind of like that like the high target share only holds so much weight it's nice to see he's earning targets at a high rate but if those targets don't mean anything I really don't care what you're doing you you could have no I'm sorry I'm not (laughs) doing it with either of either member of this if I could avoid the Titans I am all right, Amari Cooper uh, for the other side of the ball. I mean, just into your starting lineup. Uh, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. He did return to practice here on Thursday. He's at wide receiver 20 on the week for me. Let's go a little bit further down there. Elijah Moore. We talked about him on the Start Sit podcast. Is Elijah Moore in your starting lineup this week? He's close. He's close. He's wide receiver 34 for me. So if you have three receivers or you go in a PPR league where almost everybody's flexing a receiver, I think he's in that mix. The way to beat Tennessee, like I said, through the air. So if you want a cheap way to bet on Deshaun Watson, bouncing back to some degree. I think it's Elijah Moore. He couldn't hit Donovan Peoples-Jones at all. Wasn't even looking that way. Amari Cooper looked great, but he's not 100%. So Elijah Moore, I think your guy could see six to eight targets. And against a pass funnel like this, that could result in 10 half PPR points, which puts you in the mix. Elijah Moore at wide receiver 35 on the week for me as well. At the tight end position, Chigokonko, not someone that you are looking at here for starting lineups, but David Njoku. Njoku had a nice catch and run last week. Really has not done a ton to put himself into the top five conversation or really into even he should be in starting lineups. Is he someone that you can look at here in this matchup? He's a top 10 guy for me, barely. He's hanging on there, but it's kind of like the Elijah Moore argument. It's if this if they're going to move the ball, it's going to be through the air. And if they're going to do that, it has to be through somebody. So I'd rather bet on these receivers and tight ends than Deshaun Watson specifically. But yeah, I mean, it's a tight end position. If he gets six targets against a bad pass defense, that's going to put him in the top 10. Kind of like how you were saying, Matt Breida, he's going to end up finishing as a top 30, 35 running back. And then my man had four carries and they weren't good carries. All right, let's make a pick here. Browns minus three. I will send it to you first. Where are you going here? I'm going to take the Browns. I think Deshaun Watson does get on track a little bit here. Derrick Henry a little bit banged up. They air it out a little bit more. I'm going to say the Browns by a touchdown. I don't, I don't, it's not a real money game for me. 
I'm going to go Titans here. Uh, I think this, this is, I mean, I'm hitting the under on this one. Uh, what was it? 39, sure. uh, 39 and a half. I'm hitting the under on this one. I think this is a tough defensive battle here. And I think that the Titans have kept these games close uh, when we've been yeah. like expecting them to be blown out. I do think the Titans keep it close or potentially win outright here this week. Let's go Falcons versus the Lions. Linus, Lions minus three, 46 and a half point over under Desmond Ritter, not in your starting lineups. Jared Goff, should he be in your starting lineups? Yeah, I think he should be. I've got him a quarterback 10 this week. Listen, when the Lions play at home, you start Jared Goff. It's kind of a thing these days. Almost 33 points per game at home do the Lions score since the beginning of last season. The home road splits are kind of fluky. You never know how that works, but it is an indoor track. And it's a defense I don't think is great. They just got lit up by Jordan Love. Yeah, I'm starting Jared Goff. I've got, like I said, quarterback 10. So you might have better options. It's possible. But I'm starting him over Deshaun Watson, the guy we just went over. And that's a possible situation. I'm starting right now, as the information as we have it, I'm starting him over Joe Burrow. We don't even know he's going to play. Right. Right, yes. Uh, Jared Goff into my starting lineups as well as a top 12 option. Bijan Robinson at the running back position. You're getting him into your starting lineups. That's obviously not groundbreaking analysis. Tyler Algier, though. Is Tyler Algier someone that we are I mean, getting into our starting lineups at this point? I can't do it yet. I don't think the scoring equity is there. I get that the carries and the touch and the roll, everything looks pretty good. And this offense, it just wants to pound the rock. I get the idea behind Algier. I'm just, I can't get there into starting lineups quite yet. It could get there, but you're going to have Bijan with a pass catching role. Bijan scoring the touchdowns. And I don't think there's a lot of touchdowns to go around. So without the courtesy of either one of those, he really needs to be efficient on the ground to get there. And I, I just, I can't do it right now. All right, would you go Tyler Algier or Gus Edwards this week with Justice Hill missing practice with a toe injury? I've got him 30-31. Give me the Gus bus. I think <laughs> he's he's more likely to take – that's a 50-50 role, and I think Gus holds the edge if somebody's going to take 60-65%. Algier has nowhere to go but down as far as the role in Atlanta goes. He's not going to overtake Bijan, and it, it, it could evaporate quick and in a hurry – if they decide Bijan's the guy we all think he is. All right, final one here. Tyler Algier or Brees Hall, the New York Jets running back. From a talent standpoint, if we knew that Brees Hall was going to get 15 yeah. carries, the same amount of touches as Tyler Algier, this isn't even a conversation. But this Jets offense, we don't know that. Tyler Algier or Brees Hall for week three? For me, it's still Brees because of that one play upside. I, the touch count, it's crazy. Brees Hall is the leading running back on a run-heavy team. Algiers second in command in Atlanta. And I think their touch count is going to be about the same. Everything in New York scares me. I'm not going to lie, but I would rather play Brees Hall in this spot. And if I have to pick a jet to roll with, it's Brees Hall over Garrett Wilson. It's just easier to get him the rock. They're going to, they need him to produce. Whereas the Falcons don't need Algier to produce for them to be successful. All right, let's go to the Lions running back side of things here. Uh, David Montgomery missing practice on Wednesday and Thursday. It is now trending towards him not playing here in this in this matchup, which we kind of expected here when we saw mm -hmm. that injury happen. If Montgomery cannot play, is Jameer Gibbs a top 12 option for you? Wheels up, baby. I thought it would happen last week. I was wrong. But Montgomery got hurt. He fumbled. Gibbs continues to look explosive when he gets the ball in his hands, gets the ball in space. I think without Montgomery there, they potentially go to a more pass-heavy script, which just means more fantasy points. For my guy, Jameer Gibbs, I've got him at running back eight this week. So yes, top 12, DFS, all that good stuff. Jameer Gibbs is a good option against Atlanta. 
if Montgomery cannot play, Craig Reynolds, does he become an intriguing option that you, I mean, people need running back help right now, Asapi. Like, the name of Craig Reynolds, you're like, no, you're not starting him. But people need some help at the running back position. Is he a top 30 play? Craig Reynolds, that just feels like one of those generic names that you put on, like, that doesn't have a face on the video game. Like, he's just... Tim no, Tim I, Patrick and Craig Reynolds are just chilling sure, side by side. Sure. You give them two first names and we're in business. But I'm I'm passing on Craig Reynolds. I get the the thought behind it, but I was even really in on Montgomery. I was behind you guys on Montgomery. And like I said, I was wrong there behind Gibbs. No, I, I don't think so. If you need to go there, I get it. If, like I said earlier, the Lions score 33 points a game at home. If they're going to do that, then the Craig Reynolds argument isn't that much different than my Joshua Kelly argument that no, he's not that great or anything, but if they're in scoring position, he could be, he could make it work. If you're really pressed, I have a hard time thinking you're in that much of a struggle without bye weeks yet. But in a couple weeks, if Montgomery, if this lingers for Montgomery, I'd, I would get him in the flex conversation, sure. All right, let's go to the wide receiver position here. Drake London had a nice bounce back performance, most likely on everyone's benches if they do have, did have him. Uh, Drake London here, where does he land in the rankings going into this matchup against Detroit? He's 35 for me. So if you wanted to flex him, you can. I... It's not a bad spot. I like the fact that Ritter had more completions last week than he had pass attempts in week one. Is that here to stay? I don't know. But he's playing against the Lions in Detroit, which means I, I heard on a podcast somewhere that it's basically the Coors Field for the NFL. I like that comp. It encourages scoring. And if that's going to be the case, Drake London is going to earn targets. He's not safe because Atlanta doesn't want him to succeed for fantasy purposes, at least, but 35, right. I've, we've, I've got him between two guys we've already talked about. I have Elijah Moore, one spot over, DeAndre Hopkins, one spot under. Drake London at wide receiver 33 on the week for me. Amon Ross St. Brown is in your starting lineups. He returned to practice on Thursday. Josh Reynolds, though, has absolutely been on fire here to start the year. Is Josh Reynolds someone that we need to get into our starting lineups? Man, you really just want these Reynolds from Detroit to, <laughs> right. to crack my lineup, don't you? No, I'm I'm uh, I'm down on him. He's outside my top 40. They need a wide receiver too, in the worst way. And they want Jameson Williams to come back. Obviously, that's not going to happen for another month or so. I, I'm not sold on Josh Reynolds. I'm just not. I'd rather go with a 2-2 Atwell, or I'd rather go with a big play guy like Gabe Davis. I'd rather go with Nico Collins. Like, There's a lot of depth at the receiver position that pushes Josh Reynolds down my priority list. I'm not going there. I'd rather start Craig Reynolds than Josh Reynolds if we're going to the battle of the Reynolds at flex. <laughs> Josh Reynolds at wide receiver 43 on the week for me, one spot behind Adam Thielen. We'll get to that game here in a little yeah. bit. But with Andy Dalton, I think Adam Thielen might be a solid option for starting lineups. At the tight end position, Kyle Pitts. Let's group them together. Kyle Pitts, Sam Laporta. Are either of these guys in your starting lineups? Man, if you told me we'd be grouping these two idiots together in a pot, in a bat, oh man, this... The whole Kyle Pitts thing just gets, irks me. It irks me, Kyle. It is irksome. But I'm going <laughs> Sam Laporta over Pitts. And Sam Laporta is my tight end nine. Like, if I don't think Josh Reynolds is going to be a thing, they need a second pass catcher. And I, in all fairness, I think that's Gibbs this week. But even still, they need a third option. Sam Laporta in an offense that's going to push 30 points again this week. Top 10 guy for me. The volume's there. The efficiency's there. And that's really all we can ask for from Murky tight end. 
Uh, you're too low on Sam Laporta. Tight end eight on the week for me. Uh, Kyle Pitts okay. at tight end 13. I do not want to play Kyle Pitts. I've got him in a me. dynasty yeah. league. I've got, I've got him in a dynasty league, and I am sitting Kyle Pitts. I'm sitting him. I can't do this. I can't do this each and every week. Zach Ertz is an above Kyle Pitts in my tight end rankings. Oh, week, one spot uh, the 2023 NFL season has not been kind. Uh, let's make a pick here. The Falcons versus the Lions. Lions minus three. Where are you going here? Yeah, you said it with the other game that they kind of keep it close, and that's my worry with Atlanta, but I'm going to play the Lions here, thinking that they get ahead early, and that puts Atlanta in an uncomfortable spot. And it, if it, To me, this game comes down to who dictates tempo. If Atlanta dictates tempo, they're winning this game outright. If they don't, they're getting boat raced and losing this game by 13. Yeah, I think that uh, I will go the Lions here as well. I, I do think the Lions get ahead, just like the same thing that you said. I do think the Lions get ahead, and then do we trust the, the Falcons to pass the ball and, and play catch up i don't think that that is their game plan here so i will go the lines here as well let's move on to saints versus the packers packers minus one here a 42 point over under the quarterbacks Derek carr is Derek carr in your starting lineup we talked about him on the dfs podcast here does he do enough in this one to crack the top 12 of your rankings not quite yet i will get my exposure in dfs and take my chances that way but i think you could do better in season long i've got him at quarterback 14 so in a deep format or if you're dealing with a joe burrow injury that you don't want to mess with, something like that. I don't mind it. I don't mind going that way. Green Bay vulnerable down the field, and that's where Derek Carr succeeds with his two deep threats. So I don't mind him. I think he's more of a floor than a ceiling play, but I, to me, I'm I'm okay with him in a quarterback 14 cents if you're pressed. Uh, people want to play Jordan Love this week. I have gotten so many questions about Jordan Love for starting lineups in one QB formats. Is Jordan Love a top 15 option? No. And trust me, I'm a Packers fan. I want to buy into this. It doesn't look great that Christian Watson's going to be back, but he's averaging 40% more fantasy points per completion than the last three MVPs have. You can't tell me he's not going to regress to at least some degree. I worry there. He's outside my top 15. I, I'd rather Carr, like in this matchup, if I, I'm taking Carr every time. Jordan Love, you can stash him if you want, if you want to play the card of he hasn't had his weapons yet and he's still impressed. I'll listen to it. But it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot for him to get inside to where I'm comfortable starting him. We need to remember it was the Bears and the Falcons defense mm-hmm. in weeks one and week two for Jordan Love. Let's just pump the brakes here a little bit. He's got a much tougher test here against the New Orleans Saints. Let's go to the running back position. Jamal Williams likely not going to play in this one. It looks like it's gonna be the Kendra Miller show. If you do have Miller on your roster, is he in your starting lineups here? Again, people are making the decision between Kendra Miller or Craig Reynolds in their starting lineups this week. Is Kendra Miller worth starting? I have him over Craig Reynolds <laughs> for now, but no, I don't think so. I think they're going to go with the committee. Tony Jones is going to be in there. Taysom Hill is going to get his looks. And like I said, I think Carr can throw it on this defense a little bit. I'm not thrilled about Kendry Miller. I do like having him rostered. Don't get me wrong. I think he could work into a role when Kamara's back and we start seeing kind of a more versatile backfield. But no, he's he's outside my top 35. I'm not comfortable starting Kendry Miller this week. All right, Aaron Jones, missed practice on Wednesday, did return on Thursday. We'll monitor his status as we move into this one. If Aaron Jones is healthy enough to play, you are obviously starting him. If Aaron Jones cannot go, are we going back to A.J. Dillon as a top 20 running back? Top 20 is a little optimistic, but I would go top 25. So he's, he's if not a starter running back in your lineup, he's a flex guy. So yeah, I, I would trust the volume. If Aaron Jones is out, Dillon's the guy there. And I still don't think... 
This offense wants to operate through the air no matter how efficient Jordan Love has been. When he completes passes, the completion percentage is still low. So I'm going with A.J. Dillon as a starter there. I think he's reasonably on the flex option should Aaron Jones go. We're not sure he's going to be 100%. So you're looking at potentially a 50-50 split where both guys get 15 touches. To me, that's that's a flex option. This is where this is the time of the podcast where I plug come back on Sunday morning here YouTube uh, YouTube.com slash sure. at PFN fantasy Sunday morning starts at live streams. We will have more information here for you to be able to make that call. Chris Olave is in your starting lineups. Rashid Shahid is an interesting one here. You talked about him on the start sit podcast. We talked about a DFS podcast. He is a flex option there with upside. Michael Thomas, though, on the other side of it, you did say to fade him going into this week. If you are optimistic about Shahid. Is Michael Thomas now someone that falls outside the top 36 wide receivers? He's 42 for me, which probably feels a little bit low because of how well he was targeted in the last matchup. But yeah, I mean, if, I, if I'm if i not going to say Carr is a top 12 guy and I, I love Alave and I love Shahid, the, somebody's got to fall by the wayside here. And if I think they're going to target deep down the field, that's not where Thomas thrives. He's been efficient. He's been earning targets, but he hasn't been doing a ton with them. I would like to see that before I start him. Again, if you're stuck and you want to start him, I get it. You're just trusting the volume. He's more of a floor play than anything. But no, I'll, I'll pass on him in most situations here. These two Saints wide receivers depends on what you need with that either wide mm-hmm. receiver three or flex exactly. spot. Do you need the upside? Do you need to make up for you went up against Christian McCaffrey in week one, you know, on Thursday night football? Do you need to make up for that? Then you go with Rashid Shahid for the big play potential. Do you need that solid and safe floor? Then you go probably there with Michael Thomas, especially in a full PPR format. Uh, at the wide receiver position for the Green Bay Packers, Christian Watson did practice on Wednesday in a limited fashion and then did not practice on Thursday. So we are monitoring that as we move into the week. Any of these Packers wide receivers, even if Christian Watson does play, are any of them in your starting lineup here up against the New Orleans Saints? Nope. No, they're not. I don't mind rostering them. There's some upside you want to say, hey, Christian Watson, he's a burner with a hamstring injury. Like there might be wide receiver one potential for whoever fills that void. I'll listen to you. Stash him, do that kind of thing, but you're not starting this week. All right, let's go to the tight end position here for uh, for this game. Jawan Johnson uh, for the Saints, Taysom Hill, Luke Musgrave for the Packers. Any of these guys do enough to crack the top 15 in your rankings? They don't. If you want to throw a DFS dart on Taysom Hill, it could be one of those weirdo weeks where he scores 30 points, but you can't project that. You can't rank that way. So I don't have either, either Saint tight end or Musgrave inside my top 15, and I'm not really all that comfortable starting any of them. All right, let's make a pick here. Packers minus one is the spread. Sompy, where are you going here? Is the right team favorite here? I get that I have all the Packers stuff behind me and that I'm a favorite, but my goodness, I I looked at this. I was thinking Saints by a field goal. Saints are the underdog. This one's going to have real money on it for me. I'm going to play it a variety of ways. I think the Saints kind of roll here. Like the last game we were just talking about, if they get up and they're rolling, that puts Green Bay in a tough spot. Green Bay was a dog to your Bears like two weeks ago. And now they're favored against the Saints. To me, that doesn't add up. Yeah, I. this is going back to last week where we talked about Saints versus the Panthers. Like, it feels like a trap. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm I'm going Saints here. Like, this, I feel like the Saints should be favored here in this one. I will agree with you. I'm going to go the Saints there as well. Let's move on to Broncos versus the Dolphins. Dolphins minus six and a half in this one. Russell Wilson, uh, stats inflated a little bit there last week with the major Hail Mary. Just a little bit. Uh, just a scotch. Uh, is Russell Wilson a top 15 option for you this week? No. I was encouraged by what I saw last week, but you get eight points on that last play, and it, that's just not happening again. You take eight points off the board, and it's a completely look, different-looking day. I don't think the rushing production is here to stay from what we saw last week. Am I encouraged? 
Of course. But he did get Marvin Mims 113 yards on like seven routes. Like it, it happens. A guy that throws a deep ball like Russ can, can have weeks like that. I'm just not banking on it, nor am I projecting it. Russell Wilson at QB 15 in my rankings here this week. I do think that the path is there for him to have more passing volume in this one with the game script potentially playing out the way that Mm -hmm. Vegas is anticipating, right? We could see more passing volume there, but just not a solid and secure option. I do like the way that he is trending, of course, but not solid and secure. Let's go to Tua Tungavailoa in this one is Tua in the top 10 of rankings here for you. Yeah, he's got to be. I mean, we saw it last week. He still kind of got there despite Mostert having a big game and the time of possession, not really in the play count, not that favorable for them. To me, I have no idea how you bench Tua at this point. The lack of mobility obviously isn't ideal, but Tyreek and Jalen Waddle have a way of covering that up. Waddle's, I assuming he plays, I think he's going to be just fine. There's no way you bench Tua right now until he gives you a reason to. All right, let's go to the running back position here. Uh, We're looking at Javante Williams. Is Javante Williams a top 24 play for you? I'll do you one better. He's top 15. I've got him at running back 14 this week. I like what I saw. He's distancing himself from P. Ryan, and I didn't think that was going to happen. I didn't think it might not happen all season, let alone in the first month of the season. 12 to 1 carry edge last week. If he's getting that sort of work, they want to keep Miami off the field because that's the only way to defend the Dolphins. I think Javante could be in for a big week here. I've got him one spot behind Moster in the same game. So I'm I'm in on both running backs. I think both can and will produce in a big way. But Javante, to me, somebody who's definitely trending up. And if you can get him in a trade before this game, I'd consider it. Would you go Javante Williams or Isaiah Pacheco here this week up against the Chicago Bears? You are just a That was not a facetious question. I'm, legitimate, I'm legitimately asking about Isaiah Pacheco because I've got them back-to-back in my rankings. That's why sure. I'm asking. Oh, yeah, sure, sure you do. You just adjusted your ranking so that you could ask me that question to have me give an anti-Pacheco answer for the first time in three months. But uh, yeah, now I'm going Javante there. Both are inside my top 25, and I'm starting both confidently. But I like Javante's per carry upside more. Just a more explosive talent than Pacheco. Would you go Javante Williams or Miles Sanders up against the Seattle Seahawks? I've got Sanders at 18, and like I said, Williams at 14. So I'm going to go Williams there. I think he offers more per carry upside. Like, he's got the home run hitting ability. If he had a game like what we saw from Brees Hall in week one, not not that he's going to get an 83-yard carry, but if he breaks one big play and that carries the day, it wouldn't shock me. So I'm going Williams in that spot. All right, Raheem Mostert, someone that I faded going into last week's game, and he was like, hey, I'm going to score two touchdowns. Uh, Let's go. Where is Raheem Mostert in the rankings here for you this week? Yeah, 13 for me. He's a fringe running back one, depending on how many teams you have in a league. He's a viable DFS option. His speed gives him upside. I don't I don't love his role because you're not going to see a 20-touch effort in this offense. It's just not how they're built. But the per the way they spread the defense, the way Waddle and Tyreek are throwing in motion, they're going everywhere. Defenses are confused and deservedly so they need to pay attention to those two guys and that just opens up a lot of lanes we saw him just run right through the middle of that Patriots defense to finish off that game and I we could see more of that the upside's a little bit capped but I he's a top 15 guy for me Raheem Mostert at RB12 on the week for me currently let's move into the wide receivers here for the Denver Broncos Jerry Judy made it back last week is Jerry Judy someone in your starting lineups here this week I like that he's back I like that he looked healthy he's receiver 31 for me so Kind of, sort of. I'm, I'm not committed to going there. If you want to play him over Garrett Wilson or Christian Kirk or some of these guys with a wide range of outcomes, I get it. I, I'm just, I need to be sold on Russell Wilson doing it for more than one week. If that happens, Judy's going to be back inside my top 25 and a starter every week. Not quite there yet. 
Jerry Judy at wide receiver 31 on the week here for me as well as Cortland Sutton, someone that you can look at as a flex option. He's currently at wide receiver 41 on the week for me. Where does he land for you? Oh, you're way too low. I've got him at 40. So, I mean, he's just going to go off. No, I, I'm not flexing him. If I don't believe in Russ to get his top option inside my top 30, I can't, can't in good faith give you his secondary option. So Sutton, I think he's a, I, I would keep him rostered. I think he still could be a thing, and I said it all preseason that I think the distance between Judy and Sutton was overestimated in the draft market. That's not to say Sutton's great. It's just to say that we don't know that the difference is that significant. So I keep him rostered, but he's on my bench for week three. All right, as we look at the Dolphins wide receivers, Tyree Kill, obviously, in your starting lineup. Jalen Waddle dealing with a concussion, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. So that is something to monitor. If Obviously, if Waddle is back and healthy, you are starting him because of his mm-hmm. one play upside there. But something to monitor as we move into the weekend at the tight end position. You're not looking at any of these guys. So let's make a pick here. Dolphins minus six and a half. Where are you going? I'll take the points here. Give me the Broncos. If I'm going to be high on Javante Williams, that means I think they can bleed the clock a little bit and limit the possession count. Russ Wilson maybe makes a play late. Maybe it's a backdoor cover situation where they score and it doesn't matter. So give me the Broncos plus a six and a half. Oh, man. Um, I was like, man, I think Soppy's going to go with the Dolphins there to cover the minus six and a half. I want to deviate a little bit here. So I'm glad that you went the Broncos. So I'm going to go the Dolphins here to cover six and a half. I do think that this offense is just too explosive. And I do think that they will cover here. Let's move to Chargers at the Minnesota Vikings. I feel like we're going to be spending quite a bit of time on this game here for this one. Vikings minus one, 54 point over under in this one. That's what I like to see. The quarterbacks here, Justin Herbert and Kirk Cousins, are they both in your starting lineups as top 10 options? To me, this almost feels like an if you got him, you start him situation. Forget the quarterbacks, but for everybody in this freaking game. Like, there's nobody on the radar that I'm really not considering. I mentioned KJ Osborne in our DFS show. Like, that's how optimistic we are and you should be in this game. Justin Herbert, my quarterback, four. Kirk Cousins comes in at nine this week. Both, if you got them, you play them. That's going to be my analysis throughout this game. So just keep it on a loop. Here you go. Ask me the next question. Who, who you got? <laughs> you, want, you want to know where Kirk Cousins is in my rankings? QB5. QB5 Ooh, of the week here. QB5. That is how much we are saying get these players into your starting lineup here. If we're talking about KJ Osborne as being on the radar, <laughs> that means Kirk Cousins is going to have himself a day here in this one up against this Chargers defense that cannot stop anyone. Yes, Kirk Cousins in my starting lineup here this week. The running backs, Austin Eckler. Trending towards not playing here in this one as well. Josh McKelly did not live up to expectations there in week two in his first start with Eckler sidelined. Where does Josh McKelly land in the rankings for you this week? If you got him, start him. He's running back 23 for me. This is a process play. Like You kind of have to trust the process because it was terrible last week. I get it. You were burned. It hurts. Don't hold on to scar tissue. Last week doesn't mean anything for this week. What last week does mean He was the featured guy and he got the work. To me, that's all that matters. That's all you can ask for. Whether you think Kelly's a good player or not is kind of irrelevant. I'm going to chase the volume in a game with a total in the mid-50s as just a process play. I'm going to trust it every time. Give me Kelly at running back 23. Josh McKelly at RB18 on the week for me. Alexander Madison. Let's talk about this running back situation here with Cam Akers now as a part of the team here. Obviously does have a little bit of familiarity with the scheme with Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Vikings, being in Los Angeles previously. So that's where the familiarity is. That's where the connection is here between Akers and the Minnesota Vikings. So it's not like he's coming into a completely separate scheme and he has to figure everything out. But probably not going to see much work here. We talked about this on the DFS podcast. Probably not going to see a ton of work here in this one. Is Alexander Madison 
in your starting lineups this week. He is. We can worry about the Cam Akers thing once we see it being a thing. We know Cam Akers was the guy in LA, and we weren't even sure what his role in touch count and upside was there. Now he's coming over in the middle of the week to a new team and a, a Vikings team that has had Alexander Madison by their side for a while here. They know what he is. They know what he isn't. But I think he offers, I mean, we're talking a guy that gets 80% of the opportunities in that backfield. That number is going to shrink with time. Does it shrink for week three, which is really all you care about for this week? I don't think it does. They're going to be in scoring position plenty. I'm looking at 10 to 15 fantasy points to me. That's a top 25 running back. He's starting for me. Have you seen the trade details of the Cam Akers move? It was a swap of 2026 draft picks that ended up being like a swap of a sixth round and a seventh rounder (laughs) in 2026. If Cam Akers reaches 500, I think it was 500 rushing yards. I don't think it was even 500 total yards. This year? That's what, no, uh, yes, yes, this year. That's nothing. That's absolutely That's, nothing. This is someone that we are threatened of that is going to take away this backfield completely from Alexander Madison. A swap of 2026, sixth and seventh round picks. If he reaches 500 rushing yards, this is Alexander Madison's backfield here still for the time being. I've got him in my starting lineups here this week. RB 15 on the week in this one up against the Chargers defense. Get him into your starting lineups. Let's go to the wide receivers. Obviously, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they are in your starting lineups. Justin Jefferson, they're in your starting lineups. Uh, Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne. Let's group both of these guys together. If you start, if you got them, you start them. But where exactly do they land in the rankings? Addison's 38 for me. I'm just, there's a little part of me, just a tiny bit. The thinks what he's done up to this point is a little fluky with these long touchdowns. And I'm a little scared that he hasn't really out-earned K.J. Osborne in snaps and targets and participation, any of that stuff. He's not really distancing himself quite yet, which, I mean, a slow start from a rookie wouldn't be the first time, won't be the last. I do think he's the guy to roster as the wide receiver, too, in this offense moving forward. I'm just not sure we see it yet. He's still splitting. I mean... Realistically, he's the third option in the passing game at best. TJ Hawkinson and Jefferson are going to command like 50% of the targets. So you need to separate yourself to get that third option. He's not quite there yet for me. Once he does, once he gets into that route, he'll be in my top 30. But as of right now, outside my top 35 for this week, even in a good matchup. Jordan Addison at wide receiver 32 on the week for me. So I'm a little bit more optimistic for Addison. I'm getting him into my starting lineup over Drake London here this week in this matchup. KJ Osborne at wide receiver 51 on the week for me. So I do see a little bit of a gap there. I do think that Osborne is worth a flex option in deep, deep leagues, but not necessarily someone that I'm looking at and saying that you have to get into your starting lineup. At the tight end position, TJ Hawkinson is locked into your starting lineups here at this point. Gerald Everett, you have been... Very optimistic on Gerald Everett up to this point. And of the very season. wrong. <laughs> and very wrong is Gerald Everett back in your starting lineups here this week. Yeah. Yeah, he is because I'm the most stubborn person on planet Earth and I'm not pivoting until we get to October and it's a new month and I can start fresh with my Gerald. No, that's not why I'm playing him, but I am playing him because of this total. I, I will chase the 55 points that are going to be scored in this game instead of going with your guy Hunter Henry. Like I have Gerald Everett over Hunter Henry this week because I think what? There's going to be 35 points in that <laughs> Patriots <laughs> Patriots Jets game. I'm going Gerald Everett over Hunter Henry and I can't imagine that's going to make you happy or the rest of the industry, but darn it, I'm sticking to it. Hunter Henry at tight end 9 on the week for me. Gerald Everett at tight end 21. Okay, <laughs> so we are very very opposed on this one. Not even close. I am starting Forget picking this first. game. Yeah, I am starting Hayden Hurst over Gerald Everett this week, okay? Give me the floor. Give me someone who is seeing targets. Yes, and 
like Derek said, Derek, this will make Derek happy. Give me Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz at tight end 12 oh, on the week no. over Gerald Everett Come at tight end 21. All right, let's make a pick here for this one. Vikings minus one. I legitimately don't know where to go for this one. It's essentially a pick em in one of the in the highest scoring game of the week. My my pick is Gerald Everett over Hunter Henry. That's <laughs> what my pick is, darn it. I will uh, gladly take you'll I'll gladly take the uh, W in that column. All right. Well, put it on the board. Um All right. I it's 21 games this season or in the Justin Herbert era that have been decided by three points or fewer for the Chargers. Uh, by far leads the league and that's both games this year. Basically, I'm picking against them when you're giving points. I'm picking them when you get points. So they're getting a point here. This could be a one-point game. We might be looking at a push. But give me the Chargers to finally push through. Justin Herbert makes a play late, leads a big drive. They get the W here. And uh, we'll, we'll get crazy. Gerald Everett with the game-winning touchdown. <laughs> Uh, I don't like agreeing with you, so I'm going to go Vikings here. Uh, this is essentially just... <laughs> worked a, last week. <laughs> yep, it worked last week. It didn't work the week before. Let's see if it balances all out. Uh, Patriots versus the Jets here. Not a ton that we are going to have to break down in this one. Patriots minus three. 36 and a half point over under for this one. Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, none, neither of them are in your starting lineups. Both are guys outside of the top 24 at the quarterback position. For me, Ramondre Stevenson. Let's talk about Stevenson. Is he still a top 12 option in fantasy rankings? Top 12, no. I, I think those days are long gone. I, I just don't trust this offense. He's 16 for me, so like long gone might be overshooting it. But he's not he's not he's not the guy we thought he was. He's just not the rushing production, the efficiency isn't there. He's banking on pass catching volume and short the short touchdown from last week, which is great. If we knew he was gonna get every one of those carries, we don't. We think that's why Zeke is in town. The pass catching is what it is. I don't think the volume in behind Mac Jones is going to be there all season. So to me, Stevenson kind of profiles like what we were saying with the 49er receivers. If he can have a big game, you move him. I'm not sure that big game comes this week, though. Would you go Ramondre Stevenson or Alexander Madison in this in this matchup that we just talked about? It's funny. They're in the same tier, and that could flip by the time we get to Sunday if we get some health news, if we get some... Realistically, if I could just talk myself into Madison. Uh, I have Stevenson two spots higher right now, and I don't feel great about it. If you asked me to pick between the two in DFS, it's going to be Madison because he's a little cheaper. It's close, man. It's close. I'm going to go Stevenson because I do think he catches a few more passes, which at the end of the day, that those are high fantasy valued targets. So I'll take my chances there, but I don't love it. Would you go Ramondre Stevenson or Brian Robinson Jr. up against the yeah. Buffalo Bills? Brian Robinson's a fringe top 10 guy for me this week. How can you deny that role? And he's wow. splitting the pass catching work. He's just developing into a fantasy piece that's going to be a lineup lock on a consistent basis. He's running back 11 for me. I have Kyron Williams ahead of Ramondre Stevenson. Like these are guys yeah. weren't, we didn't even think we're like kind of on the radar. And now we're starting from over a guy that was a second, third round pick just three weeks ago. It's crazy, but that's, that's where we are. All right, at the running back position for the Jets, Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, neither of them were involved here this past week. I've, I've got Dalvin, I've got Dalvin Cook in a couple of spots. I'm sitting him. I can't trust yeah. this offense right now. Are you sitting both of these running backs? I'm sitting Cook for sure. Hall, I think you kind of have to grin and bear just because the bottom end of the t running back position can run out in a hurry. So you're, you're chasing. 12 to 15 touches and hoping that the talent shines through. It's not that much of a different evaluation that you have for Garrett Wilson. Like you're just kind of hoping that the raw talent makes itself known for a play or two. And it worked for Wilson last week. It worked for Hall in week one. So maybe we get there, but 
this offense isn't going to move the ball. What did you say the total was? 36 and a half? Like, come on. Neither team gets to 20 yeah. points. That's a concern. That's a hard way to make a living in fantasy. All right. At the wide receiver position, none of the Patriots wide receivers are in my starting lineup. Garrett Wilson, though, is Garrett Wilson. He broke away that long touchdown, but eight targets, two receptions last week. Is Garrett Wilson in your starting lineups? His week two is what you want to read into it. Like, oh, long touchdown. He can do that. Eight targets. Great. But eight targets from Zach Wilson are like three from Patrick Mahomes. Like, it just it isn't there. They're empty calories. I said it earlier. He's wide receiver 30 for me, and that's trending down. I feel like I'm too high on him, and he might be 35 by the time we kick off just how things shake out here. I, I don't know how you can feel confident in yardage, and I don't know how you can feel confident in this team being anywhere near the scoring zone yeah, I mean, technically, I guess the scoring zone for Garrett Wilson is the opponent's 30-yard line. They can right. or their own 30-yard line. Right. They can get there, but man, you're you're really tempting fate if you're counting on Wilson on a consistent basis. All right, uh, crazy scenario that I didn't think that I would be saying three weeks into the season here, but they're back to back in my rankings: Garrett Wilson or Nico Collins in week three. Ugh, it's Garrett Wilson, but I yeah, I get it. I get the premise behind Nico Collins. I'm not sure they're going to keep airing the ball out to the degree that they are in Houston. Maybe they do, and maybe they completely fade Damian Pierce, and I can win a board bet on that. But I, I one more week. Give me one more week of Nico Collins. If he gets this usage and he's seeing 10 targets a game like he has through two weeks, then I will have him over Garrett Wilson because those, those targets are going to be the same quality that what Garrett Wilson's getting, if not better. All right, and then at the tight end position, Hunter Henry is in your starting lineup. So let's go to uh, making a pick here. Patriots minus two and a half. Listen, I know the Patriots are not the Patriots with Tom Brady, but it's the it's the Jets with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. I'm going the Patriots minus two and a half here. Where are you going? I'll pivot here and just out of principle, take the points in a low-scoring game. So I'm going to go the Jets thinking that the total is low. So if the winning team gets to 17 to 20 points. I don't need much to cover. That could be one Garrett Wilson play. That could be one Brees Hall play. I don't think this game's pretty, and I I don't know if I watch more than six minutes of it, but um, yeah, I'll take the Jets to cover an ugly one. This one is going to be like a 17 to 10 victory for the Patriots. Like, that's just what this game is going to be. I, yes. can, uh, I can sense it already. Uh, so Buffalo close. Bills at the Washington Commanders. Bills minus six and a half. You're 44 point over under. The quarterbacks, Josh Allen, you obviously are starting him here. Sam Howell showing some pretty good signs here at moving forward, but not someone that you are looking to start here in this matchup. Let's go to the running backs. James Cook did miss practice yesterday for personal reasons. All indications are that he is going to be out there for this matchup. Is James Cook locked into your starting lineups at this point? He is. I mean, what we saw last week was just too promising on a per-touch basis with over 100 yards, and the volume is there. Of course, the concern is there. He's not going to get carries inside the 10. I heard Mike Clay said it this week. He doesn't have a carry inside the 7-yard line for his career. Like, my guy just isn't used near the goal line, and that's obviously a concern, but he's used everywhere else. He's used in the past game – Love seeing that through two weeks, four catches both weeks, and he can produce in that way. And he's getting all the volume on the ground between the 20s. So to me, that elevates his floor. The ceiling is capped if he's not going to score anything but long touchdowns. But yeah, he's a starter this week. All right. Would you go James Cook or Brian Robinson Jr. in this same matchup for your starting lineup? Back to back, but I got Cook. I trust his uh, his value in the passing game a little bit more. Buffalo's going to air the ball out plenty. So if I had to take a guy to lead this tandem in receptions, it's going to be Cook. I'll take that over the touchdown equity of Robinson. All right. You talked about Brian Robinson earlier. You said RB11 in your rankings. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Uh, Brian Robinson for me at RB16. So definitely a start here, a top 20 play for both of us. I'm a little bit more hesitant just based on the matchup, but the volume is certainly there for Brian Robinson moving forward. Antonio Gibson, not anywhere near your starting lineups. The wide receiver position, Stefan Diggs. Hey, guess what? He's in your starting lineup this week. Gabe Davis had a solid performance here in week two. Are we expecting more of the same here in week three? I would love to say that I am. I, he, he struggles to put two games together. He has 11 games with four catches. He scored eight times in those games. So if you can get him the volume, he's going to produce like he did last week with 90 yards and a touchdown. I just don't, I, to be honest, don't see it in this spot. I think Washington can control the ball and bleed clock here. And if you're talking limited passes from Josh Allen, that could mean a lot to Diggs. That could mean a lot of risk-taking on Allen's part. That's scary. Davis is one play away from me being completely wrong. I don't I don't deny that at all, and I like him a lot, but he's outside my top 30 quite easily this week. I said this last week with Gabe Davis that wide receiver 31, wide receiver 32, 33 in the rankings. That's where Gabe Davis is just going to live every single week here for me. Moving forward, that's kind of where he is this week. I will ask you, Gabe Davis or Elijah Moore this week up against the Tennessee Titans? Your guy. I got Elijah Moore about 10 spots both higher, are, I think. Both are my guys. <laughs> that is true. So I said your guy, and you didn't know where I was going. Right. Elijah Moore, though, I think the volume's safer. The matchup is better. I'm trying to bet on Deshaun Watson to bounce back. I want to believe that what we've seen in his Cleveland career is not what we're going to see moving forward because fantasy's just more fun when he's good and explosive like he was in Houston. So I'll take a flyer there. All right, would you go Gabe Davis or Drake London up against the Detroit Lions? Yeah, still Drake by a couple of spots. I don't love that call, but the volume is going to be there. Even in a low-volume pass attack for Atlanta, I think London probably sees more targets than Gabe. And if he does against Detroit in a game that I think Atlanta might actually score some points, give me Drake London in a very underwhelming flex spot. All right, talk to me about these Washington wide receivers here. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, where are they in the rankings here this week? Yeah, I airballed on this last week, had Dotson over McLaurin because I thought the shadow on McLaurin would be a problem, and it was until he caught a 30-yard touchdown and then just deleted everything I was doing, and Dotson heavily involves early, which tells me the game script was to get him the rock, which I like. I don't like that he disappeared for the next 54 minutes. Like, that wasn't ideal. I've got him ranked back-to-back this week, kind of hedging my bets there. I do think Tredavious White shadows McLaurin a lot. And that's a problem, but McLaurin might just be talented enough to make one play like last week, pay it off. Dotson, I'd like what he's doing. I'd like the upside that we saw last year, but I need to see that per target upside before assuming we've got it again this year. So they're both wide receiver threes for me that you can flex with confidence, but understand that the floor is kind of low for both of them. I've got Terry McLaurin at wide receiver 30 on the week, Jahan Dotson at wide receiver 37. I do think that there is still now a little bit of a gap. I will go with the talent level of Terry McLaurin over Jahan Dotson here. But uh, for me, this would be Elijah Moore over Jahan Dotson. This would be Drake London still over Jahan Dotson, Jordan Addison over Jahan Dotson in my starting lineups this week. Let's go to the tight end position here. Dalton Kincaid, is he someone still, I mean, he was drafted as a top 12 tight end. Is he someone that fantasy winners can still look at here this week? He's drafted as the top 12 guy, and I've got him at tight end 12 on the no. So you're getting exactly what you paid for him, America. Buffalo's gone in this two tight end format with two receivers. Like, they told us that's what they were going to do, and they're doing it. It's nice when it happens like that. I wish it would happen right. more, but right. they've completely eliminated the third receiver from their system, which means Kincaid can still produce, even though he's playing alongside Dawson Knox. Would I prefer him to start out-earning Knox on a target basis, I would. Like, if that turns into a 70-30 target split, then you've got 
Kincaid inside my top 10 at the position. Not quite there yet because they're still splitting. Knox is getting some looks in close, which are obviously valuable targets at a position that's hard to fill. So Kincaid, I think you can start him. I'm I'm not to the point where he's a must-start, confident kind of guy. But like I said, tight end 12 for me, that's, that's good enough. He's at tight end 15 on the week for me. But we've talked about this before. That tier from about 10 to 20 in tight end rankings is pretty much just like, yeah, you can start him. Who knows yeah. what we're going to get, but yeah, you can start him. Uh, Logan Thomas had a decent performance there in week two, did suffer the concussion, so we are not expecting him to play here this week. I've seen very little news on him up to this point, but someone to keep on uh, on the radar for waiver wires as we move into week four. Let's go Bills minus six and a half here in this one. Where are you going? Starting to get me nervous. I feel like I'm taking too many dogs, but I do think Washington can control the clock a little bit here. Brian Robinson showing a lot on the ground. If they can get the short dump offs, to him, to Gibson, maybe McLaurin. They pick up a few first downs. I think they can limit the number of possessions in this game. And if that's going to happen, the, the Bills are one or two Josh Allen turnovers away from really being in trouble in this game. So I'll take the points and think it comes down to the wire. I, I'm i hesitant with the minus six and a half, but I will still go the Bills here. I just think this is a, this is a difference. It's going to come down to the quarterback play in this mm-hmm. one. And I do think, I do like the defense for Washington. I do like where Sam Howell is progressing and where he's going but i think that this is like a you know it's a 10 point victory it's a seven point victory so this was just a little bit higher of a spread i would probably be going commanders i'm going to go with the bills on this side of things let's move into the houston texans at the jacksonville jaguars jaguars minus nine and a half for the, or oh, minus eight and a half excuse me for this one that we are picking a 44 point over under cj stroud obviously not in your starting lineups but trevor lawrence is damien pierce let's go to the running back position damien pierce man you tell me I, about it. I'm him. telling you, neither of us are winning this bet. Like, neither of us are winning. No matter the result, neither of us are winning this bet. Damian Pierce, where does he land in the rankings for you? Neither one of us are currently winning it. I still hold out hope on my guy. I'm losing it on your guy. He's running back 27, and I think I might be too high. I mean, my guy, he's he doesn't have a chance. Like, this isn't even a Pierce thing. He's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage on every single carry, and that yeah. is just not a good way to live. Not as involved in the past game as we were hoping. Singletary, Mike Boone have eaten into that and if we think they're going to be trailing which vegas does and i'm right there with them then this really could be another tough spot for your guy 27 for me and that's trending down yep i've got him at rb 26 on the week so that is a very tough decision honestly between tyler algier for me and damien pierce if i've got both of them i at this point the offensive line might be the tiebreaker there and going tyler algier we'll see how that plays out here as we move into sunday uh travis Etienne locked into your starting lineups here this week up against houston Wheels up. He's he's my guy in DFS. He's everything. I've got him running back seven. I think this is the best week we see from him in quite some time. He had the big week one. I think he tops that in this one. Goes over 100 yards and finds the end zone. Running back four on the week for me there, Travis Etienne. Let's go to the wide receiver position here for the Houston Texans. We talked about Nico Collins here earlier. Wide receiver 26 on the week for me. Someone that you definitely can get into starting lineups here just based on the overall passing volume that C.J. Stroud has been uh, been dealing out here over the first two weeks of the season. As we look at Robert Woods and Tank Dell, they were popular names that we talked about on the Waiver Wire podcast. You got questions about them on your Waiver Wire live stream, which you can find over on YouTube.com slash at PFN Fantasy. On t- uh, at one o'clock on Tuesday afternoons, there Kyle Sapi goes live and answers all of your yes, waiver wire questions. Robert Woods, Tank Dell, are either of them in your starting lineups here this week? They're not. I still don't really trust Stroud and the efficiency of these passes. I get that the volume's there, and I love how they're making him learn on the fly. Like that makes a lot of sense to me, and I think other teams could learn from doing it that way. But I mean, Nico Collins is the wide receiver one. 
He's got the size profile. He's got everything you want. Robert Woods is a chain-moving blah option to me. So, I mean, if you want eight fantasy points, sure. Like, his 10 targets probably get you there. That's not what I want, especially in a week with no buys. So, no, I'm not going there. And Tank Dell offers some upside on a per-play basis. We saw it in the preseason. We've seen it at points of this season. But, again, this position is too deep. We're talk- I've got him at 30. 30- uh, I've got him way down in the ranks. I'm sorry, Nico at 37. And he's the guy I trust most. In this offense. So there's too much upside. We're talking guys like Rashid Shahid, way above a guy like Tank Dell. Yeah. I'd rather bet on the upside in a in an offense like the Saints than the of the Texans. So I've got Tank Dell at wide receiver 52 on the week, Robert Woods at 55. KJ Osborne is above both of those in my starting yeah. lineup or in my rankings. So if I've got Osborne there just based on that matchup, much higher scoring game there, I will go with KJ Osborne over the two of them. The wide receiver position for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We know Calvin Ridley is in starting lineups at this point. I got a question at someone kind of coming after me on Twitter after week one, talking about how I was still ranking Christian Kirk above Zay Jones in fantasy rankings going into week two and calling me an absolute idiot for that. (laughs) And I said, I didn't want to overreact. We saw so much from Christian Kirk in 2022 that I didn't want to overreact here and just completely move off of him and absolutely bury him. So he was still a top 36 option for me last week. Definitely paid off last week as Christian Kirk came back to life and had a very, very solid performance. Where do Christian Kirk and Zay Jones land in the rankings for you this week? And for the people, including that idiot that was yelling at you on the internet, that want to say Christian Kirk was just able to produce because Zay Jones got hurt. Like part of that's true. Sure, Zay Jones did get banged up at the end of the game, but Kirk was featured early and often. That doesn't, that was, Zay Jones was fully healthy and on the field. So was Calvin Ridley for that. He's got a, they have niches in this offense and it's going to be a very matchup based situation. I think Kelvin Ridley is going to be locked and loaded every single week. Whereas I think Kirk versus Jones, Jones versus Kirk. I think you're going to go back and forth on a pretty consistent basis, which is going to be as frustrating as it gets for fantasy managers. I'm with you. I have Kirk over Zay Jones this week as a fringe top 30 guy. If you want to plug him in, I think the Jags run away with this game. We'll get to the pick in a minute, but if they're going to score 30 points, there's a chance all three of them eat this week. Yeah, I've got Christian Kirk at wide receiver 34 on the week. Zay Jones at wide receiver 47, so a little bit further down the board, but definitely someone. I mean, it's that giant tier that we've been talking about yep. with some of these guys. Like Rashid Jaheed and Zay Jones are in that same tier for me. Like either one of them are solid options that come with plenty of upside there in the in these respective matchups. At the tight end position, Dalton Schultz, not necessarily someone that you are looking at here for this week. Evan Engram, though, locked into starting lineups here as a top 10 option. Let's make a pick here. Jaguars minus eight and a half. Where are you going here? And they get it done. Jags, Trevor Lawrence makes a stamp, says, consider me an MVP candidate. I'm going to make some noise here. Travis Etienne pays off for DFS. I think everybody in the Jags offense has an opportunity to eat here. Give me the Jags by two scores. Yeah, I this is uh, minus eight and a half, big line, but I will still go the Jags here as well. Let's go to Colts versus Ravens. Ravens minus seven and a half in this one, another big line. Uh, potentially no Anthony Richardson here in this one. This is a situation to monitor as we move further into the week. He has not practiced. He's been at practice, but he has not practiced here Wednesday or Thursday so far this week. The practice reports for Friday will be crucial to see if Richardson has a chance of playing in this one. If he plays, you are obviously getting him into your starting lineups here, just based on that rushing volume and the rushing touchdown upside. Three rushing touchdowns already on the year for Anthony Richardson. Lamar Lamar Jackson, definitely someone that you are getting into your starting lineups here as well, even though it has not been QB1 fantasy performances here over the first two weeks. If Richardson doesn't play, I'm just blitzing through this here, Soppy. If Richardson does not play, you are not looking at Gardner Minshew here this week. There are plenty of other available options. 
Let's go Zach Moss here at the running back position. We talked about him earlier. Let's actually group both of these guys together. Zach Moss and Gus Edwards are both of these guys into starting lineups or are they, hey, you're dealing with an Austin Eckler injury. These are at least decent options that you can turn to and plug in because they're going to get volume. I think Gus is the latter. Moss is the former. Moss, I think you can count on just because we know what the role is. We know that the volume is going to be there. We know that 16 to 18 touches is probably pretty likely, depend regardless who the quarterback is. If they have any hope at winning this game, they need to melt the clock and take time off of how often Lamar and company are on the field. So Zach Moss, to me, running back 21. He's a starter. Gus Bus running back 30 for me. I still think he's the guy, but... Everything the Ravens are doing is not telling us that. He and Justice Hill, Justice Hill and he, they keep splitting everything down the middle. Edwards had the one-year touchdown last week, but that was just because Hill failed to score on the carry before. It's a coin flip for those two guys, and that's what has me a little bit lower on Edwards than Moss in this spot. But I do think Gus Edwards is eventually going to tick up and take this role from Hill. So I wouldn't be shocked if I had this flipped in two or three weeks, but for right now, it's Moss over Edwards. I've got Zach Moss right now at RB24 on the week. Gus Edwards currently at RB30. Now, if Justice Hill cannot go because he has mispracticed on Wednesday and Very Thursday, different. then yep. I would probably move Gus Edwards up into probably that same range, honestly, as Najee Harris at RB22 on the week for me, which sure. is just, again, a crazy sentence to say three weeks into the season that I'm considering starting Gus Edwards over Najee Harris. But here we are. Uh, let's go to the wide receivers here. Michael Pittman Jr. has shown a lot here so far this year, seen a ton of volume. Where does he land in the rankings for you? Yeah, and I don't even really care who the quarterback is. Like, I was going through the ranks right. and trying to figure out what I was doing and how to treat this situation. And I kind of came to it that I, I don't really care. It might be better with Minshew. So, in Richardson, if it, if it is Richardson, you're... They've shown the propensity to get him those short targets, those high percentage targets. No matter who's under center, 30% target share on the year, ranks among the top 10 in the game. To me, that makes him safe enough to start. I, I've got him as a top 30, top 25 receiver right now, and that's without knowledge of who's throwing him the ball. So he's going right. to move up once we get clarity on that front. I, he probably goes off as a top 20 guy for me this week. Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver, 24 on the week currently. Like you said, that is with an asterisk because we don't know who's throwing him the ball. Has the potential to move up even higher as well. Let's go to the Baltimore wide receivers here. Odell Beckham Jr. dealing with an injury here. Not sure if he is going to be playing here this week. All signs are pointing to him missing. Zay Flowers, is he someone that you can get into your starting lineups? Yeah, man. Like I've just been encouraged by what I've seen out of this dude. Like As a rookie, to show us that you can do a little bit of everything. We talked on it off the top with the prop bets. That catch he made last week, the 52-yarder, over the top, kind of on his helmet, like a, just an athletic play by an athletic dude that we know has the ability to catch these screen passes too and do a bunch in space. So I love what I'm seeing. I think he's playing better than what the numbers say. And the numbers were good in week one, obviously dipped in week two with Mark Andrews back. I think he works into a complementary role next to Andrews, sees a 23% target share, something along those lines, and that's plenty to be in starting fantasy lineups. He's a top 25 guy for me this week. I think the question that I got asked the most last week was Garrett Wilson or Zay Flowers in my starting lineup, and they were back-to-back -back in rankings. I think I still went with Garrett Wilson. I'll ask you that same question here this week, Garrett Wilson or Zay Flowers in week three. It's going to be Flowers for me this week, and I think it's going to be Flowers for the next three months. Like I don't see that Very changing, fair. barring an injury or anything. I mean, the passing offense... I'd just rather bet on Baltimore at this point than New York. If you wanted to tell me Garrett Wilson's more talented than Zay Flowers, I'd listen to it, and you're probably right. But we don't get points for talent. We just don't. 
that's not one of the categories that you see on the ticker for your your fantasy league when you're setting up the league settings there. It's yards, touchdowns, and catches, and Zay Flowers is the better bet. All right, at the tight end position, obviously you are starting Mike, Mark Andrews. Let's make a pick here. Ravens minus seven and a half. Where are you going in this one? Without knowing the quarterback, I'm going to say the Ravens. With oh yeah, the utmost bit of confidence as you can tell there. But if uh, <laughs> if Richardson when it takes played, you five minutes, when it takes you five seconds to get the word out as you're making that pick, it probably signals that you don't have the utmost confidence. Yeah, five seconds to get out six letters, not not really a good uh, letter to word or letter to time ratio there. But I would go the Ravens. I feel better about that pick if Richardson is playing. If Minshew plays, that floor of this offense is reasonably high to keep this game within a touchdown. If Richardson plays, they could win this game outright, but he could also run into some very big issues and they could lose by 20. So I'm going to cautiously take the Ravens and I, I might even pivot by game time. Who knows? Not a real I'm going to go. I'm going to go Colts here. Uh, I okay. think that the Ravens will win this game and it'll be out of hand in the fourth quarter. I do think that the Colts kind of make this Ooh, back like door. last second garbage okay. time touchdown. Yep. Back door to get this, to get this close. Uh, let's go Panthers at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks minus six and a half in this one, a 42 point over under Bryce Young, not going to play in this one. Uh, all signs are pointing to that. It looks like it's going to be Andy Dalton. We were messaging yesterday when we got this news. <laughs> I think that this means that I'm moving Adam Thielen and uh, Hayden Hurst did. up my line, up my rankings uh, based on this news with Andy Dalton. So, Dalton, not, obviously not someone in a one QB format that you were looking to start. Geno Smith, though, has Geno Smith done enough through the first two weeks to be in consideration here as a top 12 option? Consideration, yeah. I like him when he's favored. Like in these positive game scripts where he can get DK and Lockett rolling, where Kenneth Walker's a threat on the ground. I'm not too worried about Walker's inefficiencies last week. He punches in a few short touchdowns. If those go to Geno Smith, like it's a very different conversation and they could on a QB bootleg. or you hit, DK was tackled on the one-yard line. Like if that changes... Geno's day looks better than it already was. So I have Geno Smith at quarterback 12, and that's with Joe Burrow currently ahead of him. If we don't get news on Burrow prior to Sunday kickoff here, Geno's going to be ahead of him. Watson will be ahead of him. So Geno flirting with that top 10 for me this week. I've got Geno Smith at QB 13 on the week here for me. Miles Sanders in this one at the running back position. Has Sanders done enough to be still a top 15 option? He has not top 15, but he's top 20 for me. So that puts him in the starting lineup for everybody. He's the volume's there. I think he looks reasonably good. Andy Dalton playing quarterback for that probably gets more respect from the defense, which could open up things a little bit more for Miles Sanders. I've got him 17. That's in the in where I have Najee Harris, Brees Hall, that kind of range. And to me, he's he's boring volume, but that's that's production. Right. Yep, definitely a volume play here. And the matchup up against Seattle, not a bad one here as well. Kenneth Walker into your starting lineups based on what he did last week. Let's go to the wide receivers here. We talked about Adam Thielen here at the top of this game preview. Adam Thielen, where does he land in the rankings here for you? He had a decent performance here last week. He did, and he scored, and that's what Adam Thielen does. But to me, he's he's not worth it. Did I move him up a little bit when this news came out? Yeah, darn right I did. You nailed that. You called it. When the news came out, you're like, yeah, hey, yeah, I think we're... Uh... I think we're making that, I think we're doing this. I think it's a thing. And it, it feels like a negative thing to say to Bryce Young. And I guess it is, but I think they aired the ball out a little bit more. Like they're going to give Andy Dalton the full playbook that they're not comfortable in giving Young, which I think is enough to land Thielen in my top 50, but I'm not, not going overboard and getting them inside the top 40 or making them a flex play. Adam Thielen at wide receiver 42 on the week for me. We talked about him with Josh Reynolds, a player that is right there back and back, but I will go with Adam Thielen in that situation. Uh, as far as, 
you know, Adam Thielen, Romeo Dobbs, I will go Thielen there. Adam Thielen, Jacoby Myers, I will go Jacoby Myers. We'll get to him yeah. in a minute now that he is back and ready to go. The wide receivers here, DK Metcalf banged up here with a, he took a shot at the goal line here, was, was inches tough. away from uh, scoring last week. Takes a shot there too. Has a little bit of a rib injury. Might be a little bit limited here in this one, but it's freaking DK Metcalf. You get him into your starting lineups if you plays. Tyler Lockett, man, what a performance last week. Tyler Lockett into your starting lineups here as well. Jackson Smith and Jigba, not someone that we are looking at here as a top 40 play just yet. At the tight end position, Hayden Hurst, like I said, moved up the rankings, but that equated to Hayden Hurst being at tight end 17 on the week for me. So you're looking <laughs> at him as a full PPR option, top 15 play, you're in a pinch. You need a solid floor. I will go Hayden Hurst in that situation. Let's fly through this one. Seahawks, minus six and a half. Where are you going here? As long as this thing stays under a touchdown, give me the Seahawks. I, I'll take them at the six and a half. The Panthers, do I think they're going to be a little more aerial oriented? Do I think they're going to be a little more successful? I do. Does that mean anything? I, I don't know that it does. The Seahawks could score 20 points in a quarter. That's something the Panthers can't do. So I'll say they have one big quarter and that gets me home here. I will go Seahawks here as well. I'm not betting on Andy Dalton. <laughs> uh, let's go to Bears versus Chiefs here in this one. Chiefs minus 13 is the spread here for this one. A 47 and a half point over under. Let's talk about Justin Fields. Justin Fields has not been able to uh, be comfortable so far this year. Does that change here in this one? And is he still someone that fantasy managers should be looking at as a top 12 play? You said it on the DFS pod, and I think you're spot on here And that as last season progressed, he got a little bit more comfortable. The coaching staff was letting him follow his instincts or however they're phrasing this in Chicago these days. I think we start seeing that this case. They have nothing to lose in this game, right? I mean, nobody right. expects them to win. A 13-point dog, they're not going to win. So why not try to... Why not throw the dog a bone here and let him do what he wants to do and see if it works? And if it does, great. Your quarterback's happy and now you have a game plan. If it doesn't, we've got bigger issues and that could be a problem. But I think you kind of let him off the leash here. I've got him as a top 10 guy thinking that worst case, Kansas City's just chasing him around everywhere. And if I have Justin Fields trying to run away from people, that's what I want him doing. I don't want him right. in a clean pocket because that's not how he produces. I said it in the preseason and it was a little... I don't know how I phrased it was probably wasn't great, but I said that the addition of DJ Moore could hurt Justin Fields' fantasy value. And that is obviously a little tongue in cheek, but the point remains that with him focused on running, that's what we want. That's what we need. I think that's what we get here in an all or nothing spot for the Bears team that's falling apart at the seams. We are not going to see Justin Fields four rush attempts for three rushing yards Bet the ever over. again. We will we will never see that again. So uh, the solid and safe floor that Justin Fields provides with his legs, I do think that we see the playbook go back to what we saw in 2022, which was a lot of the bootlegs, which was a lot of just getting him out on the run, letting him feel comfortable and confident. That's when we can see Justin Fields take those steps forward. They're trying to continuously turn him into something that he is not. I think that we mm -hmm. see that change here this week. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is in your starting lineups. So let's go to the running backs here in this one. The Chicago Bears backfield, is this a backfield that you are looking at getting into your starting lineup, whether that is Khalil Herbert or Roshan Johnson in this one? The fact that you don't know who to ask me about tells you all you need to know. Yep. In the article this week, I compared it to picking your favorite dentist. Like, does it, 
yeah, there's going to be one that's better than the other, but it really doesn't matter because it's an unpleasant experience no matter how you cook it. <laughs> and that's what we have going here. I don't think either running back is worth your while until we have any kind of clarity about who's got the better shot at 15 to 18 touches in an offense that we need to score. If they're scoring, it's going through Justin Fields' legs. I like Herbert. I stand by that. And I think he has explosive play upside. I just don't think we see it this week. And with Roshan Johnson breathing down his neck, the touch count just isn't high enough to stabilize the floor. All right, let's talk about Isaiah Pacheco. We talked about him earlier with another player comparison there, but Isaiah Pacheco, where does he land in the rankings for you this week? He's a top 24 guy for me. We mentioned Stubborn Kyle, and Stubborn Kyle is not going away. This is Stubborn Kyle. That's Kyle Yates. We're your PFN Fantasy Focus <laughs> podcast here. But uh, yeah, no, he's he's been stopped the one-yard line twice in two weeks. If he punches one or both those in, we're having a very different conversation. Pacheco, they get him on track here. They're looking his way. He's been... Featured in an offense that we trust. To me, that was the premise this offseason. That remains the premise. I think they're scoring 30 points against the Bears. He gets into the end zone for the first time this year and gives me a little bit of breathing room on this Pacheco Pierce thing. I will go Pacheco here as a start. RB19 on the week for me, and that was with kind of just putting him into a placeholder spot because of him missing practice on Wednesday. He did return on Thursday has the potential to move up my rankings here as we get closer to Sunday. In this matchup, you start your players up against the Chicago Bears defense. Wide receivers, DJ Moore, if we are predicting that things are going to open up a little bit here for Justin Fields in this one, are we looking at DJ Moore still as a starter in this offense? He is, but just barely. I've got a wide receiver 29, and that's about where I think he finishes the week. It just You're talking a guy without a ton of upside. We saw the screen passes last week and in the preseason pick up chunk plays, and I guess you could try to bet on that if you want. I'm not counting on screen passes going 60 yards to the house or two 30-yard catches like he had in the first drive last week. That kind of stuff just isn't sustainable. And then he fell off a cliff. He was hardly used. He had 40 yards the rest of the game after the two big plays last week. It's a yo-yo. It's up and down. It's a roller coaster, whatever you want to compare it to. More... To me, if you're starting them, you know the business that you're getting into. It's concerning. It comes with a low floor. It comes with a decent ceiling, I guess. He could be a, a top 20 guy if everything goes right. Like you said, we were betting on fields to look better. To me, that puts more in the top 30, but I'm not going much beyond that. All right. The Chiefs wide receivers here, Kadarius, Tony, Sky Moore. Good to see them at least a little bit more involved than what they were in week one. In week two, is Sky Moore in your starting lineups here this week in a plus matchup? No, I think you're really even trying to squint too hard if you get him inside the top 40, let alone the top 30. We don't know where the targets are going. This isn't that much different than the Bears' backfield, except that we think the Chiefs are going to score. We're not sure that the Bears will, but the Chiefs have a lot more mouths to feed, and they have a one an, an alpha in Travis Kelsey. So I'm, I'm out on starting the Chiefs receivers, but I'm all in on rostering one of them in the event that somebody emerges. Yeah, I will hold Sky Moore on my bench here for this one, and I am watching this one to see can he continue to just stack these performances can he continue to just kind of progress mm -hmm. and develop more chemistry there with Patrick Mahomes not into my starting lineup here this week outside of my top 48 wide receivers uh at the tight end position Cole Komet not someone that you were looking at here he's outside the top 15 in my rankings Travis Kelsey Travis Kelsey Travis Kelsey obviously in your starting lineups this week Chiefs minus 13 I hate the spread here where are we going I almost out of principle I'm taking the points if I'm gonna back Justin Fields to say that we see something out of him. They could be down 20 in the last few minutes here, score a touchdown, go for two for no real good reason and get inside the number. I think they cover, but I think this is probably like a 24 to three game at halftime. And it's like, oh, that was fun. This game's over. I'll check back in two hours when it goes final. Hey, they covered. I gained 
ground on Kyle in our pick'em contest. I everything that you said is completely correct. Like that's the process. I'm still going the Chiefs here. Like this, <laughs> the Bears are hanging on by a thread here with everything that is going on at Hallis Hall this week. Allen Williams and the whole defensive oh coordinator goodness. not even he's no longer with the team. Like oh my word, what is going on here? I I'm not gonna confidently bet on the. Uh, I didn't bet confidently on the Bears last week, and that paid off. Uh, let's go Cowboys versus Cardinals here. <laughs> Cowboys minus 13. Another massive nice spread game. in this one. Yep, nice close game here. Uh, Dak Prescott, we talked about him on the Start Sit podcast. Uh, all these are blended together. Start Sit podcast here as the game script for Dak Prescott here in this one to return fantasy value, even though it is a plus matchup, like his matchup that is about as good as it gets. Dak Prescott, not necessarily going to be someone that is a top 12 option for either you or I. Is that still the case here as we get closer to week three? Yeah. Yeah. He's quarterback 15 for me. He's bizarro. Justin Fields. We think Justin Fields is going to be game scripted into producing. He's going to be forced to do everything. He needs to do everything for that offense to succeed. Dak Prescott, not so much the case. You know what he has to do to be successful? Hand the ball off. Tony Pollard, a great running back. They're going to get him the rock plenty. And Arizona is just going to, Try to stay on the field. Try to. This isn't. Prescott looked great last week. He was quarterback 17. He wasn't even that good yeah. for fantasy. And it looked like the be, people were ready to put him in the Hall of Fame because he plays for Dallas and he gets all the hype. He's quarterback 15 for me. I'm not starting him. I don't have him in any spots. But if I did, I'd bench him. Tony Pollard into starting lineups here based on what he has done Ooh, so far yeah. this year. Absolutely incredible. James Conner, is he someone that. I mean, you talked about this. I think we it was off air when we, when we were talking about this. But James Conner, like. Just a 18 carry for 65-yard performance. Maybe he finds the end zone. That's kind of what you come to expect here from James Conner. Is that enough to get him into the top 20 running backs this week for you? 20, no, 30, yes. He's running back 29 for me. And he might be the most projectable player in all of sports right now. If you said he's getting 16 to 18 touches for somewhere near 70 yards and about a 35% chance at a touchdown. I think that probably gets you to a season stat line if you multiply it by 17 and just go from yep. there. And so he is what he is. He's not exciting. I have Jerome Ford a spot ahead of him. Gus Edwards a spot behind him. So that's kind of the the waters he's swimming in right now. It's it's boring. It's no fun, but it's take your medicine and move on kind of thing. Yep. All right. At the wide receiver position here, CD Lamb into your starting lineups. Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup. This isn't a game that we are expecting them to have to throw the ball a ton, and you're not looking these guys' way. Let's go to the wide receiver position for the Arizona Cardinals. Marquise Brown, Michael Wilson are either of these guys in your starting lineup with Trevon Diggs, unfortunately, tearing his ACL, the cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys, unfortunately, tearing his ACL in practice yesterday. In theory, the Diggs injury is a problem, and it will be for the Cowboys with time. I don't think it's going to be against the Cardinals, though. This is an offense I don't trust. Yes, I get that we saw a good week from, I mean, Michael Wilson, I think, let him in receiving yards last week. Brown scores the touchdown. I, no, no, you can't, you can't tell me you don't have better options on your roster than trusting Arizona Cardinal receivers against the Cowboys. I'm not trusting really anybody against the Cowboys, and I'm not trusting the Cardinals. So you put them two together, neither one of them is sniffing my top 40. All right, at the tight end position here, Jake Ferguson, Zach Ertz, let's group these guys together. I've said where I have Zach Ertz as a top 12 tight end here this week, just based on volume, as we expect uh, Arizona to have to throw the ball, throw the ball, and throw the ball as they play catch up. Is Jake Ferguson someone, though, that you are getting into starting lineups? I've got him at tight end 10. Like, the volume is there. The efficiency is there. We're worried about the pass attempts for Dallas. I get it. But he's 
he's emerging as the second option in this passing game. It's kind of like Detroit where they need a second option. Forget the running backs. You need a receiver or tight end option behind the star receiver. And Ferguson's kind of becoming that. I don't trust Brandon Cooks. Michael Gallup has been good in a while now. He's moving into that range, and I don't trust Arizona's defense. So, yeah, I, I've got about ahead of Gerald Everett. That tells you what I think about him. <laughs> Would you go Jake Ferguson here this week or Pat Frymuth up against the Las Vegas Raiders? I've got Ferguson higher. Frymuth, he scored the touchdown in week one. I get it, and he could do that again against the Raiders team that is just pitiful inside the 10-yard line. But we're not. there's no yardage upside for Frymuth. There's no target upside. You're just literally playing for a touchdown, whereas Ferguson has – the seven target kind of role that I think elevates his floor and keeps his ceiling above that of Fryermuth. All right, let's make a pick here. Cowboys minus 13. Where are you going here in this? Again, one? give me the points. It's a principal thing. These are professional football players. I will take one team to keep it reasonably close and either a backdoor or James Conner this thing to death to where the Cowboys have the ball for 20 minutes and they score 30 points in 20 minutes, but the Cardinals get to 20 and cover. So it, Again, not an exciting game, but I, I think it's close enough. <laughs> I will go the Cowboys to cover 13. Oh, here. you got I think both this big is a favorites. Touchdown performance. Yeah. Do we agree yeah, on a great. single game? Uh, we Seahawks, Jags, and Saints, Lions. That's <laughs> this that's is about be it. Ugly one way. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> ugly one way or the other. Let's move on to Steelers versus the Raiders here. Raiders minus two and a half, a 43 point over under. Kenny Pickett. Is he on the radar here for this one? It is a plus matchup up against the Las Vegas Raiders defense. Great matchup, but you're not going to be forced into this. I haven't seen the rushing that I wanted to see out of him this season. No Deontay Johnson, obviously, for another week. George Pickens went off last week, which is great. But I think this offense goes through the ground game as much as they can. Not enough volume for Kenny Pickett to hold value in anything but the deepest of leagues or two quarterback formats. All right, and Jimmy Garoppolo not on the one QB radar. Let's go with the running backs here. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. Talk to me about this Pittsburgh Steelers backfield. Could we see the flip? Could that happen this week? Najee Harris isn't getting the volume. He's had big carries in both games. He's been the exact opposite of what we thought we would be. We'd be like, oh yeah, he's James Conner. He's 20 right. touches for 70 yards. No, he's like 11 touches, but he's getting a 20-yard carry both games. He has a 20-yard carry in both games this season. That's just the second time in his career he's done that. So he's showing some some juice, if you will, but the volume's not there. Jalen Warren is the more is the juicier player. There we go. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Bingo card for juicier on the <laughs> on the podcast here. I I think there's a non-zero chance this is the week it flips. If it doesn't, it's still, you're talking 55, 45. Not enough of a split for me to be comfortable with either. I do have Najee ranked a split. A few spots higher, and he's a he's a flex option for me in most spots, but that's more matchup based than any confidence I have in Najee. For me, this is getting closer. This is getting mm-hmm. closer in the rankings. I am not ready to make that call with the flip just yet. Uh, Najee sure. Harris at RB22 on the week for me because I do think that he has a very good chance to find the end zone here in this one up against the Raiders mm-hmm. defense. Jalen Warren at RB33 on the week. So Jalen Warren can be looked at as a flex option. Sure especially in full PPR formats with how much receiving work he has gotten here over the first two weeks of the season. Josh Jacobs, man, a little bit of a disappointing start to the year here for Josh Jacobs. Where does he land in the rankings for you? Trivia time here. When it comes to kickoff, how many days will it have been since Jacobs had a carry gain more than 20 yards? Oh, I don't know. Soppy. 300 days. That's almost a full calendar year. 300 days since Josh Jacobs 
has had a carry gain over 20 yards. He's filling the Najee Harris profile. And I hate to say it because we think he's a much better player. And I do think a rebound is in store. Could happen here. I've got him inside my top 12 rather comfortably. He's still getting the volume of touches. We saw him thrive in the past game. That's great to see. So if he can break through just a little bit, just give me one big play on top of the 20 touches and you're going to be just fine. I think he's a nice buy low option at the moment. Coming off a, a week where he had negative rushing yards. It's, the stock isn't going to get any lower. If, you buy, if you're a believer in Jacobs, you're buying now and reaping the benefits later. Let's go to the wide receiver position here. George Pickens, this Steelers offense sputtered in week two up against the Cleveland Browns, but George Pickens came through with a long touchdown reception here in this matchup. Where does George Pickens land in the rankings for you? The long touchdown is what's there. And he had 10 targets. So I get that he only caught 40% of his targets. Like that's very Garrett Wilson in it. Wilson in of him. But uh, I've got him ahead of Wilson because I think Pickens is a decent quarterback and this Vegas defense isn't any good. So I've got Pickens at wide receiver 22 this week. I'm starting him where I have him. I'm looking his way in any kind of primetime DFS contest that you're looking for. That big play is in his profile. That's what he does. He makes plays down the field. So if you're telling me he gets 10 chances to do that, it's not that much different than the Jahan Dotson argument from earlier. We saw him get the targets in week one. And I, I'm willing to bet on when that happens. Pickens, 10 targets in week two. I'm willing to bet that continues with Deontay out. Slide him into your lineup. George Pickens at wide receiver 22 on the week for me as hey. well. I love it when we agree. No, I don't. Uh, Devontae Adams here and Jacoby Myers. Let's talk about the Raiders wide receivers. Where do these guys land in the rankings for you? Are you lumping them together because they're similarly elite uh, talents? Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I think that's what happened there. You, you did it, not me. I didn't put those two in the same sentence. Devontae Adams, I'm not worried about anything there. The concussion a little bit. It seems like it's past him. I've got him downgraded a little bit. Just you could see the dizzies. Like there's a little bit of a increased potential for them to be cautious with him. Should he take another hit for me? But inside my top 15, I don't think there's any concerns about that. Jacoby Myers. I didn't get to peacock about him in week one yeah, because he didn't. got knocked silly. So I'm hoping that chance. I'm phoning into the pod. We're having a live podcast on <laughs> Sunday night if he goes off. And I don't want to hear any complaints about it out of you, Yates. We're doing maybe it'll be a Google, uh, hangout or whatever. One of those things where it's even just me and you, where it makes that cool ringtone on Slack. We'll do that. <laughs> um, I'll wake you up. You might be sleeping when he's going off. But I, Jacoby Myers, he's a top 36 receiver for me. I'm not comfortable, you know, just throwing him right back in after the concussion. But I don't think the week one was any fluke. We saw the targets. He was in the slot. They worked to get him an end zone target. He scored twice. There's just a lot to like in this profile as long as Garoppolo's under center and Devontae Adams is attracting attention to me. Jacoby Myers remains underappreciated in the fantasy industry and within this podcast. Myers going to be back here for week three after missing week two. Wide receiver 40 in the rankings here for me this week. I do want to be just a little bit cautious with him coming back off of that concussion, but did we it. did see the upside there in week one. Pat Frymuth, we talked about him earlier has done next to nothing, has done next to nothing so far this year, but did reel in the touchdown there in week one. Is he someone, based on this matchup, that fantasy managers should still feel confident starting? I don't think you can go there. And to me, that means he's on the streamer conversation because I'm not holding two tight ends. And that I see that mistake a lot. I get a lot of tight end questions, this guy or that yeah. guy, on Twitter and stuff. Like, why are you holding two? It's the same with quarterback. These one-off positions, you don't need to be holding two. If your guy is so low that you're asking me questions like this, Cycle through him on a consistent basis. Get Jake Ferguson in there. Get my guy Gerald Everett in there for this week. If you're, if maybe you stumble upon a Hunter Henry who's a top two guy in consecutive weeks, and great. But if not, just cycle through it. You can find a Zach Ertz. You can find a Tyler Higby. You can find a Taysom Hill this week. 
So Pat Fryermuth is no different than those guys. And like you said, the upside is just so minimal. You need a touchdown. I'm not banking on it. Yeah, I do think that he's still at least worth looking at. He's at tight end 10 on the week for me. Has the potential to move down further as we move along. But I talked about that earlier. Like tight end 10 to tight end 20 is just one giant massive tier. And you have mm -hmm. to get the touchdown here for Pat Fryermuth this week. You would think with Deontay Johnson on IR that we would see an uptick in Pat Fryermuth's receiving volume. That just has not been the case here. Let's make a pick here in this one. Raiders minus two and a half. Where are you going here? I'm just dealing with facts here. The Raiders are plus one in games Jacoby Myers plays and minus 28 when he sits out. Give me the Raiders and Jacoby Myers' triumphant return. I think they cover this number. I do think it's close. I think it'll be a fun one on Sunday night, but I think the Raiders eke it out with a last second field goal. Uh, you and I both went Raiders last week, uh, not straight up, but against the spread for the Bills. I think that Bills wrong, was wrong, like wrong. minus eight and a half. Uh, we were very wrong there. So I'm going to go the other side of this. I will go the Steelers here. This Raiders defense just does not scare me uh, whatsoever. Let's go Eagles versus Bucks here. We got one of the two Monday night football games. This is going to be interesting to break down. Jalen Hurts, obviously into your starting lineups. Baker Mayfield, obviously not into your starting lineups. Let's go to the running backs here, though. The Philadelphia Eagles. Kenneth Gainwell did return to practice. What in the world do we do with the Eagles backfield now? DeAndre Swift, a dominant performance here in week two on Thursday Night Football. That feels like an absolute eternity ago. It was only just eight yeah, days ago. Where in the world do we go with this backfield here with DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell? In a tough matchup too. Like that doesn't make this any easier. If they were playing right. the Chargers, it'd be like, oh yeah, just play both of them. We'll figure it out. But 12 to 15 touches for both should be plenty. I'm worried, man. Like... This is going to be the question we get most on Twitter, we get most on the live stream that you're talking about Sunday, 11 to 12. It's going to happen. We're going to get these questions and we're inevitably going to get it wrong. One of these guys probably holds the keys to the car and goes off, but it's going to be a hot hand situation. We're not going to know who's holding the, the lead role probably until the second quarter. Like I want to see how this is a learning experience for me. I'm putting both on my bench if I can right now and just seeing where it goes. I have DeAndre Swift, the higher of the two, running back 25 for me. So he's not obviously a complete fade and you can flex him if you'd like, but the floor is just remarkably low for both of these guys. And I'm not sure the ceiling is what we saw from Gainwell in week one or Swift in, right. in week two because the touch volume isn't, it just isn't going to be there when they're both active. I will go DeAndre Swift over Kenneth Gainwell here this week. I am a little bit more optimistic than you. And I'll put that in quotations. I will start DeAndre Swift as a top 24 option, uh, okay. more as a low end RB2 into that conversation of mm, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, like Isaiah Pacheco into that sort of tier versus, you know, a little bit further down or a little bit further up. There is the potential, though, that this is still Kenneth Gainwell's backfield and DeAndre Swift mm -hmm. sees 10, 10 touches here in this one. But I'm going to go with what I saw with my eyes last week that DeAndre Swift was the better running back. We obviously knew that going in. Philadelphia obviously didn't. Uh, Rashad White, is he someone that you are getting into your starting lineups here this week in a tough matchup? Yeah, I've got him one spot ahead of Swift just because I think he's going to, we know he's getting touches. You know, like it, I don't think those touches are going to be great, but if you told me Rashad White's getting 18 touches and Swift's getting the 10 to 12 that you just said, like I probably take White even if I think he's the far inferior talent. So I'm going him in this spot. We know the pass catching roles there. He looked better as a runner last week than he did in the pitiful week one performance. So I think. He gets there, but I don't think it's going to be pretty. <laughs> yeah, I've got Rashad White at RB21 on the week, and that is 
a very very gross rb21 like yes yeah i'll start him but it's a volume play whatsoever uh let's go to the wide receivers here we got aj brown i think this is a squeaky wheel gets the grease mm -hmm. here uh game this is a prime spot in this buccaneers passing defense for aj brown to have a bounce back performance Devonte smith has been getting it done you start him no questions asked mike evans chris godwin they had solid performances here last week especially mike evans where are you going here with these bucks wide receivers i think you can start both of them we've had We've seen it two weeks in a row now. They've totaled a 50% target share in each of those first two games. Evans clearly making the plays down the field with Baker Mayfield. That was a skill set match that we kind of lined up this offseason and it's coming to fruition. Chris Godwin is a lock for five catches, does it every single week. I think those catches hold a little bit more value this week against an Eagles secondary that's banged up. They're missing a lot of the middle of that core. And that was what we liked about TJ Hawkinson last week. And he just piled up the catches, piled up the yards. I don't think Godwin has great score equity, but the high floor and a half PPR, full PPR setting holds enough value to get him there. And most starting lineups is a flex. Mike Evans at wide receiver 18 on the week for me. Chris Godwin at wide receiver 23 at the tight end position, mm -hmm. Dallas Goddard. Man, six receptions for 22 yards last week off the top of my head. Uh, not exactly going to get the job done for fantasy. Is Dallas Goddard still someone that you are confidently starting here in week three? It was a very Zach Ertz effort of him. I think we <laughs> see a little bit better here. He was a featured part of this passing game, which is something we couldn't say in week one. So it's trending in the right direction. At the end of the day, if you get six catches from your tight end, like I'm not complaining. I'll probably take that more often than not and just kind of trust that it results in more than a handful of fantasy points. So yeah, I've got Goddard at tight end five. I'm reasonably confident in him against this Bucks defense that stops the run and is a little leaky against the pass. I'm just a few spots lower on Dallas Goddard uh, in the tight end rankings, but still someone that you were looking at as a top 10 option. Let's make a pick here. Eagles minus five. I will let you pick first, my friend. Where are you going? I'll lay the points here. The Eagles are just too good, too strong, too consistent. The Bucks will keep this closer. They might win a quarter or two, but I don't think they hang with them for four quarters. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to go Eagles here to cover the five-point spread. Let's go Los Angeles Rams at the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals minus three here to wrap it up. We do not know, as we are recording here, if Joe Burrow is going to play in this one. That obviously changes the fantasy analysis, so we will do a lot of caveats here. Let's just run through the Rams side of things here really quick. So Stafford in this one, not on the radar. He is outside the top 15 quarterbacks. Kyron Williams, get him into your starting lineup at this point. A top 10 running back for me this week. In this matchup we talked about on the Start Sit podcast, he's done enough. This is a Bengals defense that isn't really slowing uh, opposing opposing. <laughs> opposing running back uh, running games down a ton here so far this year so you get him into your starting lineup Pukunukua, get him into your starting lineup there's no reason to fade him so there's the ram side of things let's move over to the Bengals, right joe burrow potentially not playing in this one even if he does play he's not going to be at 100 i think that you sit joe burrow am i correct in that one i've got him at quarterback 11 so i'm a little interested and if you're in a deeper league or you want to wait it out i think matthew stafford holds some weight here just in the fact that it buys you the most possible time. They play each other, so you get to wait max amount of time. If you're confident in Joe Burrow and want to wait out the injury, Stafford allows you to do that. Whereas if you're going to plug and play, I don't know, Russell Wilson, you have to make that decision before you have any information on Joe Burrow. So if you're going to wait it out, that's how I would play it. Joe Burrow, to me right now, if, if we don't have more information, he's going to fall outside my top 14, 15 quarterbacks this week. I have him penciled in right now as quarterback 11 hoping that we get some kind of positive news but if we don't he's got to drop because you're gonna have to make that decision and you can't risk a zero at the quarterback position all right joe mixon i think is the one like yeah you're starting him regardless if it's yeah. him if it's burrow or joe, uh, jake browning like you just got to get Mixon into your lineup because he's going to see volume 
The wide receivers, though, is really interesting here. T. Higgins had a bounce-back performance in Week 2 in a big way. Jamar Chase has not lived up to expectations so far this year. If it is Jake Browning, where do these guys land in your rankings? Because if it's Burrow, you're still starting both of them because of the upside. But if it is Jake Browning, where would these guys land, uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, in your rankings? I think it's got to be somewhere in the 24 to 34 range. Like, I'm looking at it right now. I have Michael Pittman at wide receiver 24. You can't tell me that Pittman's not in a better spot than those guys. Like, he has less target competition. He's got a better backup quarterback. So, I mean, all the signs would seem to point that direction for a guy like Pittman, who I don't have ranked any higher than 24. So, if he's 24, you're telling me Chase and Higgins got to fall a little bit behind that. I guess he'd be 22 if I move both the Bengals guys down. But regardless, he'd be outside of my top 20. For both Bengals, I think you probably still have to flex him just for the single play upside, but man, it would, it would be a tough sell. And the fact of the matter that you're not going to know, that lowers their right. ranks right now because you don't know how right. to judge this. Right. This is one, again, I will plug, start sit live streams, youtube.com slash at PFM fantasy, set a reminder on your phone, come back 11 a.m. Derek Tate will be breaking down and then noon will be Kyle Sapi breaking down the latest injury news. That is where you need to be on Sunday morning to make sure that you get the information that you need. If you're making starts and decisions between Jamar Chase and Michael Pittman Jr. or whoever it may be, because we're going to have more information then than we do now. Uh, outside of that, man, I mean, the one player that I failed to mention from the Ram side of things is Tutu Atwell. Tutu, Tutu Atwell yeah. at wide receiver 38 on the week for me. So I do think that you can look his way, but definitely not a locked and loaded option. Let's make a pick here. Bengals minus three. Where are you going? I'm going to take the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals and hoping that Joe Burrow plays. If he doesn't play, this line's going to drop a few points here, and it'd probably be a pick em. But, um, yeah, I'll take Burrow. And if it, if this turns into Burrow versus Stafford, like if he's healthy enough to play, I like my chances. So I'm going to go that direction. I get a feeling you're probably going with the Rams. I am going to go with the Rams here. I don't yeah. think that Burrow plays here this week. Uh, and that terrifies me. So I will take the the other side of this and I will easily go with the Rams there. All right, that will do it here. Week three matchup previews podcast. An hour and 40 minutes for you people to listen to as you go throughout your Friday and Saturday here going into Sunday. Uh, if you are still listening, make sure to go over to pfnfantasy.com for all of the written content. We have a ton coming out that you're going to want to check out as we get closer and closer to lineups locking. So make sure to check that out here at pfnfantasy.com. All right, that'll do it. For Kyle Sapi, I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.